welcome to Finding the Advantage, the show that dives into advertisements in history that have either succeeded or failed stupendously and what aspects led them to their fate. Why are we talking about this? Why not? I think it's super interesting and you just might too. I'm Anna Strickland and today we're talking about Dove's 2013 commercial that was a part of their Real Beauty campaign. And this time I will be joined yet again by my friend Sarah Theray. How are you doing, Sarah? I'm good. Um, I'm really excited to be here. I'm also excited because it is currently fall in Texas, which means that it's no longer 90 degrees. And that has been fantastic. Oh, yeah. Now, since you've been on this podcast before, I wanted to ask you a different question than what I usually ask my guests. So, Sarah, is there an ad that you've been seeing recently or in any time in your life, I guess, that maybe you hate or absolutely despise? Yeah, so this is um, one that was kind of widely hated when it came out. Um, I want to say it was 2022. It might have been earlier. Or no, that was last year. I think it was like 2020. It might have been earlier. Peloton Christmas ad. So in the ad, the mother. So it's, I think it's just, maybe it's just a woman and her husband. Anyways, the woman wakes up Christmas morning and her husband had got her a Peloton, which a lot of people were upset about because it was like, you shouldn't buy diety things as a gift, which that wasn't 100 percent my problem, just because a lot of people do like to work out. My problem was that she then spent all of Christmas morning on her Peloton. And I was like, I feel like this just feeds into this culture of no cheat days, like don't break your goals on the holidays, just like having your whole life encompassed around fitness and hitting a certain aesthetic. And it just felt like it just led into a lot of things. Specifically, a lot of negative things that people talk about about that industry, like about the fitness industry, especially about like personal trainers, online training industries. Anyways, it it just was an interesting choice. And I feel like it could have been done differently. Like she could have been excited all day to like Mm -hmm. go home to her Peloton, like, you know, put the kids into bed, read them a Christmas story and then been like, I'm going to be on my Peloton now. The fact that they had her miss family time and like miss Christmas time to go work yeah. out bothered me. I was talking to Annabelle about this actually, <laughs> like my first year of college. And I remember saying another way they could have done this commercial is, you know, you have the gag of the partner who's like hinting what they want. And they could have mm-hmm. had under the toilet seat was a picture of a Peloton. That would be really funny. Like, that would be so cute. Under like, you know, under his pillow. They could have also made it just really obvious that's what she wanted. Mm-hmm. So then it's like she's getting what she really wants and she wants a Peloton, which would then make her being like, oh, I'm going to go on my Peloton yeah. make more sense. It just seems more geared toward the man. Really. Yeah, exactly. I also I understand that everyone wants Christmas commercials. I get it. Mm-hmm. But also Peloton and Weight Watchers and all this stuff, they belong on New Year's. Like we oh. know that that's when they thrive. That's oh, the reason Planet that's Fitness. Smart. Well, Planet Fitness supports New Year's Rock and Eve. Oh yeah. And their stuff is everywhere. You know they spend probably millions of dollars on that. Oh yeah. And it's because that's their time. And so like, which I'm, I mean to be fair, by Christmas you're usually thinking about what your New Year's resolution is going to be. But it was also like I feel like people also would have been less mad if it was like a New Year's geared thing as opposed to like a yeah. Christmas thing. Because that's about family and love. And like a lot of that has to do with food and culture. Well, awesome. Thank you so yes. much for sharing. Now I want to go ahead and ask you a few questions before we originally look at the ad. 
So, Sarah, what do you know about the Dove Real Beauty campaign, if you know anything at all? And what do you know about Dove in general? I feel like I don't have that much that comes to mind. The only commercial I can think of was like a fairly recent one. And they had girls, like a bunch of girls who were, I think they were all about the same height, but they were like slightly varying body sizes. We're talking probably size 16 to 18 to like size zero. So not very diverse, but diverse for a set of models and definitely ethnically diverse. And they were all like, I think they were all just like in some big shower room or something. And they were all in like nude camisoles. But anyways, I remember that one. And I remember thinking that's a lot of people in a soap commercial. <laughs> there was like 15 girls. <laughs> I was like, that's a lot of people. <laughs> that's all I can really think of. But I remember that that was the big deal with their campaign. It's like we have this diverse Dove campaign and like kind of kind of like a Dove is for everyone kind of vibe. Okay. And so what do you know about Dove in general? I mean, definitely a soap company. I want to say they do shampoo, but they're definitely best known for like bar soap. So uh, now I'm going to go ahead and show you the commercial before I provide any other information. Hey, yeah. Yeah. Any any first thoughts that you want to say before we get into discussing this? Yeah, I think that's really beautiful. And I think especially how you position yourself like in the self-care market like Aveeno I want to say also does body wash and Aveeno you know has these beautiful models you know they have Jennifer Aniston they just picked up Jenna Ortega I think yeah I think I saw um and like Jennifer Aniston is all about like anti-aging like she a lot of her wrinkles disappeared when she became the Aveeno girl which Jennifer Aniston has always been beautiful but those wrinkles did disappear And so I think it's really beneficial that Dove is is like separating themselves in that way. Instead of being like, we're going to make you the most beautiful. They're just like, you're beautiful and we're going to clean you, which I think is really great. Well, what's what's kind of funny is like they really don't really talk about the soap that much. No, they don't. But the fact that it is produced by Dove and created by Dove, that just adds to the brand's identity in general yeah exactly so like the whole point probably wasn't to sell soap just to sell like oh this is why this is what makes us different and this Mm -hmm. is why you should just use our soap because we love you and we cherish you and we see you as real people and it definitely feels like a mission statement like Mm -hmm. it feels like a mission statement ad like like you said just like establishing who we are why we do what we do Okay, first of all, I want people to be aware that most of the information I'm about to share comes from an article by Business Insider. So anyway, for those who aren't familiar with this ad, it basically showed a few women describe themselves to an FBI-trained sketch artist who would then draw them as they describe themselves. Uh, And then the sketch artist drew these women based on how a stranger described them. So generally, the stranger's description at the end were regularly more stereotypically attractive and similar to what the subjects actually looked like. The goal of this ad seemed to be to show that women are critical of their own features and appearances more than others who know and see them. So overall, they don't see their true beauty, hence the campaign title. So this idea for a message stemmed from a survey that Dove had conducted, which had found that over half, which is like 54% of women, 
globally agree that when it comes to how they look, they are their own worst beauty critic, which means that about 672 million women at the time around the world had those kind of negative views of themselves. Now, Sarah, I wanted to talk about why we think this ad was so successful. Like, Mm -hmm. why did it resonate with its audience? I think we know, right? Like, I think as women, we know that we're harsher critics on ourselves. But I think sometimes we don't realize how much harsher we are than the reality. Like, I think most women will probably agree that they're probably logically a little more attractive than they think they are. But I think seeing all these women and seeing what they look like and then seeing what they thought they looked like is, I think, really shocking to a lot of people, especially the the main lady who was talking the most looked very different. And then the other person describing her described her like basically perfectly. And yeah, I think I think a big part of it is like realizing that probably the way that we think about ourselves is much more exaggerated than what we think it is. Yeah, I, I, I agree. I think what was really interesting about this ad is this is something that we're often told by people. We're often told, mm-hmm. like, you are your worst critic and it's easy to pass that over. But like this ad literally physically shows you yeah. what this looks like mm-hmm. by using this artist sketching like like that. I think it's super cool. It's a really cool concept in general. Mm hmm. It really so, which is why it's so shocking because you actually see what it looks like when people mean that you're your worst critic. No, exactly. So overall, I think the ad also like we've we've been touching on this, but I think the ad in general just elicits strong emotions because mm-hmm. a lot of us women get it. Like this is something that we've known and heard and seen throughout our lives. So one of the people behind the ad uh, when describing why it was created and why they specifically chose to use this message was because they said, I think what made this campaign perform particularly strong is the content, which elicited the intense emotional responses of warmth, happiness, and knowledge from its target demographic, one of the key factors behind a video sharing success. But more importantly, we are all seeing social motivations behind sharing becoming a lot more important. Brands have to give people a reason to share the video. So... What this what this quote is implying is because it is such an emotional video, it gives mm-hmm. people more of an incentive to share it. Like, oh, my friend really needs to see this. Like, oh, my yeah. gosh, this is so interesting. Watch this because it's not enough to have people just watch the ad. You want someone to share it. They, they want them to find the message believable and, you know, moving in some way that they want mm-hmm. to share it with somebody else. Yeah, I'm like 90% sure I saw this ad on Facebook. So I saw someone share it. Yeah, I think I I think I saw it on the news actually. I think there was oh. maybe like news covering the ad and so Yeah. Because Which is brilliant. Three minutes of ad space is oh, yeah, so it's expensive. Oh yeah. Yeah. So they could have literally shown it like once or twice, gotten enough people to be interested in it to then just do the rest of it for free. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. Yeah, I guess like the idea to have it three minutes was also very smart and the fact that they chose this format Mm -hmm. instead of like maybe like a kooky weird funny ad so i'd already mentioned the shareability of the ad but Mm -hmm. i wanted to say that like according to unruly which is an agency that kind of helped create the ad dove's video was shared 3.74 million times wow which made it at the time in 2013 the third most shared video of all time 
So I also wanted to, we've already kind of slightly started discussing this, but I also wanted to specifically talk about the creative choices of this commercial. Mm -hmm. What about the music, pacing, and style do you think made this such a persuasive and compelling advertisement? I think they kind of set us up for it well. Like, it was not a shocking factor when you saw how different those pictures were. Listening, like, seeing these women and listening to them talk about themselves, like, especially the woman who was like, I have kind of a fat nose, these little small insecurities people have. And you're looking at this girl and you're like, man, these pictures are not going to look the same. And then they don't. And I think they did a good job kind of building our expectations of what was going to happen because you're not supposed to be like, whoa you're supposed to be like ah this is how it is this isn't how it should be or how i want it to be you know mm-hmm. yeah yeah sorry i keep on just i feel like every time you say something <laughs> i'm like yeah yeah i agree uh, but i don't have anything else to say because i totally agree yeah <laughs> i already slightly mentioned this but i think the color and the lighting of the ad mm-hmm. in general is more calm but not calm where it's like boring calm. It's right. a calm where like we already mentioned it's showing, trying to show and represent and mirror the real world. Right. So women relate to it, obviously. And so, yeah, they kept it very simple like that. Yes. They also have the sad music. I forgot about that. But I just remember, yeah. didn't they have sad music? As soon as the ladies started talking about what they were like yeah, themselves. Yeah, kind of somber. Like, doo, 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 doo. like, yeah. It was definitely like a sad, depressing song. So like you could already tell something that also in a way prepared you to know that, oh, it was going to be something sad. You, yeah. you were already being prepared with all these different emotions coming through the creative aspects that we yeah, were definitely. talking about. Beauty campaign was described as an inspiration to millions of women all over the world and arguably continues to resonate today. Do you think that this ad still holds up today? And do you think there are current ads like this that are still pushing work for women's self-confidence? I mean, I definitely think it's still relevant today. Um, I mean, especially if we're considering since 2013, social media has only gotten bigger. I think us seeing like posting selfies with when you see pictures of yourself like blown up there's constantly pictures that other people are taking of you and like group pictures and they're being posted on Facebook and you're like oh my god like that's how I look on this picture and you dissect it and it's like no one else is doing that so yeah I feel like in a lot of ways it's gotten worse because so much of our lives get put on social media mm-hmm. and sometimes it's not even a choice that we make it's like, like I mean, moms are well known for putting all the pictures of you on social media. Even if maybe you didn't want them to, I've given up. But yeah, I think in a lot of ways, our self-perception has gotten worse because we're so used to everything being online and we're scared of what people are going to think about us. Which I mean, some of that is kind of guided by reality. Mm-hmm. I mean, people can be mean. yeah. And so I think especially for a lot of girls, We had a lot of people that were mean when we were junior high and high school, which is very normal. And then you get into your adult life where people don't really care so much anymore. And it's hard to like let that go. So yeah, I think it's 
the same problem just because it's become so much easier not only for you to see yourself but also maybe other people that you grew up with who were mean oh my to gosh. also see you yeah i know i think about that occasionally oh yeah <laughs> i mean yeah what you brought up about social media is definitely a big aspect of that yeah perpetuating this feeling still like i i i don't want to be one of those people that's like oh it's social media's fault because right. i'm someone who doesn't think that social media is inherently evil. no but it's definitely spurring this idea full disclosure like i feel like anytime i see an influencer mm-hmm the first thing I do is not criticize her appearance, but I compare her to me and then I like hate myself more. (laughs) I mean, hate myself, but yeah, no, like I think in a lot of ways that's natural. Like even if it's not like body comparisons, which I feel like I've, I've gotten much better at not doing comparing people's like space in life, comparing people's hair, being like, man, like my hair's all frizzy and their hair always (laughs) looks perfect. And, You know, just like little things where they are at in life. There's just this like constant feed of what other people are doing around you. And for me, it's always less about influencers and it's always about people that I know and that are real. It's like, oh my God, these real people are doing like all this amazing stuff, which I'm sure if someone just looked at my Instagram feed, they'd think the same thing. Like they're not going to see pictures of me eating like a half a bag of Takis (laughs) and then getting like those sores on my tongue because it's too much acid like that is not what we're posting on social media we're all messes and we all do crazy stuff but you don't see that on my social media my social media is my trip to Amsterdam Mm -hmm. and London and my family vacation okay I guess to back to the second question I asked I feel bad for asking the first one and then the second one right after because obviously (laughs) we're going to talk about the first one more so do you think there are any current ads that come to your mind that are still kind of pushing for this kind of same level of mm. women's self-confidence? I can't think of any. Um, I feel like there are some, there are definitely companies that are still advocating for, you know, be you, be unique. There's always yeah. that kind of stuff, but it is still never, I haven't seen anything that's, addressing the fact that society as a whole is just making us kind of think that we are yeah not enough sort of if that mm-hmm. makes any sense i feel like dove might be still doing some stuff i Probably. feel like i remember an ad with like it might have been the same ad with all the people in it <laughs> but i think there were also ads like with like old people also in like old women oh my gosh i think i know what you're talking about yeah. Yes, yes, yes. Was that was that Dove or was that somebody else? It I know it's a soap commercial. It It is. I'm cuz I remember I the so. old ladies being in like tan bikinis. It was probably Dove. I feel like I've seen a lot of stuff that tries to be body positive because that's where especially a lot of women in society are moving. But it's not be you be unique. It's it's okay to be fat. And it's not even it's okay to be fat. It's okay to be model fat. It's okay Mm -hmm. to be, you know, a size 16 if you have a 30, 35 inch waist. I don't even know if that's possible. But it's okay to be like a little chunky with the tiny waist and the nice butt. I mean, we know like there's there's plus size models, but they're still models and they Mm -hmm. still look gorgeous. And it's not just 
it's okay to be regular. We're selling our soap to regular people. Like you don't mm-hmm. have to be, you know, drop dead gorgeous. Yeah. You don't have to be Lizzo. Like you yeah. can just be you. Mm-hmm. So yeah, what's so great about the Dove ad? They they're regular people. Yeah, exactly. I'm not saying that they're ugly, but I'm not no. saying that they're like drop dead model gorgeous. No, they're exactly. People. So, I know you've done this before, so I'm just going to describe it to our audience. Okay. So, when it when looking at how an advertisement is designed, it's sometimes helpful to think about the possible positioning statement that the ad has or what the advertisers had in mind when they created the ad. So, a brand's position allows a business to differentiate themselves among its competitors in its current market. So, essentially, to come up with this, we need to guess the answers to the following questions. So, first of all, who do you think the target market or consumer is for this ad? I'd say definitely women, but probably middle age, not middle age, probably like 35 Mm -hmm. to 50, I'd say. Maybe even a little younger, maybe 35 to 50. But that's definitely the people they were interviewing. They had some people that were younger, but I also feel like that's the kind of message, like the kind of feminism that really fits in with that. Mm-hmm. Like I feel like when you go younger, you usually have like a more radical feminist mm-hmm. idea. Yeah, no, I agree. Not like radical as in like burning bras, but like a stronger <laughs> view of feminism and what feminism is. And so I feel like that is going to work best with like the 35 to 50 audience. Mm. Okay. And what is the products category market? Soap. It is soap. But like <laughs> what's so interesting is... The ad isn't advertising. No, soap. it's not. And so it's more like an ideal that they're. Yeah, I mean, so they're they are a beauty company. So maybe just beauty in general. Yeah, because like they, I think they have. I know they have lotions. Yeah, they have lotions. So. I I think they have moisturizers. They don't yes. have makeup. They don't have makeup. No, not that I know. Okay. Which would very much go against. The whole natural beauty yeah. thing. It's a good thing they don't have makeup then. Yeah. That wouldn't help. Yeah. What is the benefit and impact of the product that they are trying to show off? I guess since the product maybe that they're trying to sell is like the ideal of like what beauty is. Yeah. They're changing the definition of what beauty is. So what is the benefit and impact of this ideal? I mean, it shows that these women... I think are happier once they figure out, oh, I've been viewing myself too harshly. Yeah, no, exactly. And I also think it kind of, by like establishing this brand, kind of establishes this idea of our products are to make your skin happy, is to make your body happy, is to make you clean. It's not to change you because you don't need changing. And I think even though they don't show the soap, I think, this kind of idea that they're pushing kind of leads you to assume that it's like Dove isn't gonna change me with their products. Their products are just like to make my skin feel good, which I mean is nice. Yeah, yeah, no. So these answers that we just came up with come together to make this statement for women about the age of 35 to maybe 60. Dove is the only beauty brand that values and knows what true beauty means and values you as a person because as you can see in this video i'm trying to think of their proof point like the proof 
it's just because as you can see in this video, these women often are their worst critics. Yeah. But it does help them see their true beauty, basically. Mm-hmm. Does, that, does that sound about right? I don't know. Yeah, I think so. Now, before we end this, I think that this specific ad was successful and I and loved by many, but I think that we need to acknowledge in the end that Dove, like many other brands, has made a few offensive ads. So I don't want someone to leave this podcast believing that Dove has only made ads that reflect good ideals. In fact, there have been a few print ads by the brand that showed blatant racism. Or maybe not blatant racism, but like definitely it was weird. Only racism could really kind of be taken from it. So, for example, there was an ad in 2017, which was four years after the Real Beauty ad, that showed a black woman removing her brown shirt, revealing a white woman wearing a lighter colored shirt. There was an outcry from social media users claiming the ad to be racist. Dove eventually removed the ad from their Facebook page and later posted an apology to Facebook and Twitter saying the ad missed the mark in representing women of color thoughtfully. Miss the mark. It added, we deeply regret the offense it caused. So anyways, I thought it would be untruthful not to mention the soap company's track record in general. Mm-hmm. Apparently they've come up with a few other racist ones recently, which is it's just so weird how it feels like they're going yeah, down. they're going now? backwards. Um, are you saying it? Yeah. I really don't think that's what they meant. Oh yeah, it However, definitely wasn't. It's definitely the job of their publicist I was gonna say, to know it's weird. the history of lightning soaps and to not do that. This was probably around the time where boomerangs became this huge deal. Oh, yeah. And they wanted to make a boomerang. And they could have done something different. They could have done people spinning or jumping off of something. They could have done so many things that wasn't this. Okay, before this ad ends, I wanted to ask you any any closing thoughts before we close this podcast? Um, I think it's really good if ads continue to kind of go into this vein. And I think in a lot of ways, it would be really great, even outside of the beauty industry, to just have more ads that are just like, you're you and that's okay. Like we were here with the Share a Coke campaign mm-hmm. and a lot of that campaign was like, let's have a huge bog party and have all of these friends. You can also like share a Coke on the couch like watching a movie with your dog i think Mm -hmm. it'd be nice if we had more ads that are just people using products in normal places regular everyday things like you know yeah instead of this pressure to be like social and to be successful and to be conventionally beautiful and all of these things yeah no that's a really cool closing statement thanks sarah (laughs) if you have any questions about the 2013 dove real beauty campaign Feel free to contact me through the Finding the Advantage Instagram or just conduct your own research since I am, of course, not an expert in advertising. Next episode, I'll yet again be discussing a failed advertisement. Tune in to hear about the billboard that PETA produced in 2009 in Florida that featured a very controversial message about saving the whales and losing the blubber. Thank you. Have a great day.